0: welcome to ministry
1: leaders anonymous
0: app this is chris bartlett
1: and i'm matt rice and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry
0: now we've both been in the field of ministry for over 17 years and we've seen just about it all
1: <laughs> you've done this really cheesy this time chris As damaged as we are, we want to dive into that mess with you.
0: Yes. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about um, a few things, but the key thing we're going to be talking about is what to look for in a parish when you're looking to get hired in ministry. Or if you're at a parish right now or a church, um, what should you be looking for that's like, hey, this might be lacking. I need to start fostering this element or this aspect in, uh, in my parish. So yeah,
1: whenever you go into an interview, you know, you need to, I mean, everyone knows this, but you know, how do you prepare yourself to actually interview the place that you're looking at? You know, they're interviewing you and you're also interviewing them. So when you interview them, what are you looking for?
0: So I think it's important to note that, uh, for some people, you might love the community that you're serving, but recognize that certain needs aren't being met. And just the idea of transition is terrifying. But, uh, but it, it's, it's not a bad thing if you have to transition away from a place that you're not supported at and things like that. So I want to acknowledge just before we dive into the topic, leaving a parish or leaving a ministry, um, in order to go to another one, you're not abandoning them. You're not, you know, like if God, uh, is not using your gifts or if your gifts aren't being honored there because of the, the support or because of whatever situation exists or maybe your time is just completed there um, that's okay to transition to a different community. Um, there's a lot of guilt or shame or, or weight that's carried around with that and uh, and sometimes the pastor just needs to hire someone different to go ahead and move the, uh, the ministry forward or that they'll support more, or that'll be a better fit for the staff. Cause things may have changed from when you got hired, um, you know, 10 years ago or three months ago or yeah. whatever it may
1: be, you know? Well, and that just kind of speaks to the fact that we're always changing. Like everyone at, in every place of their life is a different person than they were the moment before, you know? And so when you're at a parish and you're like, well, it's always been good, or I've always been a good fit here at this parish. Well, you're a different person now. Than you were when you first started, and your pastor is a different person. You know, um, it may actually be a different person, literally. Uh, but yeah, yeah. but uh, but even though it may be the same person, we we all grow, we all change, and and things change. And I think a lot of times we have that guilt, you know, because of the relationships we've built with the volunteers, with the youth. Um, we don't want to leave those, you know, and dishonor, you know, those relationships. And so that may be one of the reasons why we stay at a parish too long because we don't want to abandon, you know, those people. So here's
0: a hierarchy that I've used in the past in regards to, um, what does it look like for me to consider this position? Um, first, um, can I honor God by serving in this position? Does it mm-hmm. affect my relationship with God? Well, they're not asking me to murder anyone, you know, so <laughs> typically that's an easy yes. In ministry, uh, that's a very easy yes. In other jobs, it's, it might be a little bit more convoluted. Uh, the second one is, uh, okay, God comes first. Um, what comes second? Um, self. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, your your family should come second, but I really believe that uh, we put our masks on first as the airplane is... Uh, yep. Descending, um, and, and so do you lose part of who you are? Now, there are people that are willing to be, uh, to do whatever it takes to, to raise their family, and that's heroic, you know what I mean? And, and things like that. But if, if in the process, you also lose your own self-identity who God created you to be, then that's problematic. And yeah. so um, God does not call us to places where we cannot thrive as who we are. That doesn't mean he... Go ahead. Sorry, I
1: was gonna, just to push you a little bit on that, Chris, like, how much would you separate um, someone's vocation, you know, from their self? You know, if their vocation is how God plans, you know, or has planned for them to get to heaven you know, how much would you separate, you know, or where does the vocation come into that?
0: Well, exactly. And I think that's part of it. So as a husband or a father, as a mother or a wife, um, as someone who has maybe sick parents, you know, there's a lot of different factors in regards to just your own identity as a child of God, because it, like you said, like we don't want people to minister alone, but we also need to recognize there's a network of people, a support system that people have to have. And so if one of your deal breakers is it can't be more than two hours away from my parents' house because my mom needs um, needs me to check in on her since my dad passed away. Those type of realities, then that's a factor in, yeah. in, in discerning it. Um, yeah. If it's I can only work two nights a week, and this position is calling me to work four nights a week, well, I don't want to miss my kid's ballet recital or soccer practice or – them growing up, you know what I mean? First steps and things of that nature. And so, um, but I also don't want to lose my own identity, who I am in that process. And so then the third of the hierarchy, God, uh, self, and not in a selfish way, you know, do they, do they allow me to play video games on the clock? Like, that's not (laughs) what I mean. You know, God, self, and then, and then a family. Um, And first to your spouse, it's something that needs to be discerned together. If you're married, if you're single, you need to look at different factors as well. Um, You know, my sister and, and she ended up in uh, in a town that's uh, largely populated by retired people. Uh-huh. And so she she was like, the young adult aspect, the social reality of my life took a pretty big hit, a pretty big step back because of that. Yeah. So look at those factors. And then how does it help you to provide for your family as well? So not just the time factor, but also provide for your family. Um yep. Because that's that's a, a necessary reality. I heard uh, a good piece of advice that uh, it's better to advocate for the salary you need at the interview than it is to advocate for the salary you need at the one-year evaluation. Yeah. Right? It's easier yeah. to go ahead and say, hey, I need X number of dollars now. Up, up it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah. just go ahead and make those needs known right up at the get-go. So, um, yeah.
1: And sometimes even on that side of it, like fear comes into that. Well, if I, if I say what I actually need, they may not hire me. And it's like, that's actually a good thing, you know? Um, because if you don't, if you aren't getting what you need, then you've got all kinds of stressors that are affecting all of those components that you just mes- mentioned Chris, you know, and you know, it's affecting your relationship with God. It will affect your relationship with yourself. You know, it'll, it'll affect your relationship with your family if you're fighting for, like, I don't know, a friend of mine had to sell, you know, baseball cards or Cabbage Patch Kids because his kid needed a cast, you know. And that's not right. Sorry, Chris. It, <laughs> it,
0: it wasn't Cabbage Patch Kids. It was Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, okay? yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Garbage Pail Kids,
1: a highly sought
0: after collectible from the 80s.
1: <sighs> Speaking this of, is... that is one of the references that our listener did not understand. They were like, I don't even know what that is, you know. So that. <laughs>
0: Not, not every millennial is going to love the eighties in the same way that I lived the eighties. And that's just a reality. So, that's true. um, you're more than welcome to Google it, uh, and, but you don't have to waste your time. I've wasted too much of mine already, um, on that reality. But I guess the, the purpose of this podcast is to help shift perspective. And so when you're going into a job interview for a ministry leadership position, we don't want you just to make the goal of the interview to be you get offered the job because you can sacrifice a lot along the way to go ahead and get that offer, but -hmm. that doesn't necessarily equal, hey, I got a job offer, therefore God is calling me to it. So what are the factors that we need to discern? Matt, why don't you take it
1: out? Well, before we dive into that, one of the things that just came to mind as you were talking about that was... Um, It's not the same thing, you know, but when you're looking into like getting married, like, and you expect that person to change after you're married, that's not a good thing, you know. So when you're in the interview and you're like, oh, you know, I I really want this job because it's close to where I live now, it's close to my parents, so I'm going to get them to offer me the job and then I'll change them. That's not a good way to go into ministry. Just, I mean, not quite as the same as marriage, but it's very similar. Right.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of a, a witty remark about how my wife is still waiting for me to change in this area or that area. But I uh, I married up Matt's and I married a saint. So we both um, did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so uh the interview is a two-way street. When you're going into the interview, um, there's a couple of things that you should definitely be aware of. Um, and you want to interview, uh, you want to ask questions just as much as they ask you questions, um, because otherwise you might be walking into a minefield without really knowing it. A great question to ask, if ministry is established at that parish already, ask why the previous person left. and uh and and try and find that out because if oh they were just transitioning out they went to a parish across the street or whatever it is um it might even be worth kind of seeking out because facebook you can find anyone or anything um unless they're under the age of 25 um but just ask them hey what happened why'd you leave just so you're aware and they're like well it wasn't a good fit because I this or that and you're like oh well those those things are no big deal to me i can Uh i can live with those things you know but try and find out who uh who, who was there before you and why they left.
1: Yeah. And when you get that feedback, like, listen to it. You know, I had a friend of mine, you know, who um, got a lot of feedback about one of the parishes that, that he was going to. And it was m- almost everybody. And I, I hate to say this, but almost everyone told him, don't go to that job. Like, don't go to that position because of X, Y, or Z. Yeah. You know? And, and they were like, no, no, I can, I can handle it. I can do it. Well, they were gone in three or four months because it was the situation that everyone else said it was. You know, and that's that's tough because, again, like this may be, I don't know if it's pride or, you know, something about, you know, us, but we, we think we can conquer the world. And, and we can, um, but we need to p- take that advice, you know, really, you know, to heart, you know, and hey, in our heart of hearts, right, Chris? That's right. <laughs> Sorry, we keep making fun of that of that phrase and someone's going to call us out on it.
0: <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> leadership, how exactly will I be supervised? How much, uh, how much access will I have to the pastor? And I know that sounds weird. Maybe that's not the right phrasing, but what's my relationship with the pastor going to be if I have a different supervisor? Um, because essentially at a parish, especially in ministry leadership or catechetical roles, uh, we are an extension of the pastor. Ultimately, the pastor is the one who's called to be the chief shepherd, the chief catechist of that parish. In that community, those parish boundaries, so to speak, and we're an extension of his vision. And so how do we go ahead and stay connected to that vision? If it's, well, once a year, we have an annual staff meeting where everyone shows up. But other than that, you'll only see him at mass like a regular parishioner. That might be something to where it's like, well, how am I supposed to know that I'm going in the right direction? Yeah. If if that's the reality, someone else will be like, "Well, you're going to have a daily report with them, and uh, and it's at six thirty every morning. It's like whoa, 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 two yeah. nights, two nights a week. I'm going to be there until nine thirty at night. Is there really an expectation that I have? You know, a thirteen hour, fifteen hour day twice a week? You know, yeah. and and kind of dive into clarifying those things.
1: Yeah, one of the things that uh, you want to look at when you're looking into leadership. Um, is going to come from kind of your own knowledge of leadership. Like, what is leadership? And uh, almost any book from Patrick Lincioni, I would recommend, you know, for anyone in ministry to read. And that, like, getting a sense of what real leadership looks like, whether it's the, the meeting structure, the delegation structure, like the supervision that's available, you know, knowing what good leadership is will help you figure out if the leadership at that parish is strong. Um, and if it will work well with your style, um, if, like you said, if the, if the parish staff meets once a year or every day at a certain time that those are indications, you know, to the leadership, you know, of that parish, what, what kind of managerial style the priest has, that may be, you know, a a great thing to ask, you know, how do you, how do you manage your people? You know, what would you call, what would you say your managerial style is? go ahead and
0: and you can hear that in some of the benefits as well and if if one of the benefits is you know you can attend daily mass while on the clock you can take time in prayer while on the clock um certain certain things like that what's your guys's policy do i have to clock out if i'm going to adoration um that that type of thing um and if the answer is yes if the answer is no that that might be an indication about like oh this this kind of is building my understanding of what they value where they value it um different things like that. Another great question to ask is uh, in regards to the previous person, if there was a previous person, um, is what were two things they did well and two things you're really looking forward to kind of transitioning away from after the previous person? And you can mention it not according to the person, but according to the program or the ministry that you're you're leading, you know, and uh, or being interviewed to lead. And so th- then you can hear it because one of the things that I found is I entered into a position where the person before me stepped on quite a few toes before they left. And all I had to do was smile and not be the previous person. <laughs> and then and, and everyone was like, he's amazing, you know? And <laughs> uh, and that's a, I know that's a pretty low bar, but it actually helped me have clear expectations of, we do not wanna see these behaviors um, because we just saw these behaviors and it didn't taste good, it didn't feel good. And so I just avoided those behaviors. And I had people that were championing me, that were cheering me on and I really wasn't doing anything spectacular other than not making those same mistakes.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I always think about when I'm looking for a good leader is what are their expectations of me? Like how would they measure my success? Um, And if, if they say, well, actually, you know, we don't have a whole lot of assessment assessment on that. We just want you to be, you know, in the office 40 hours a week. You know, that's not necessarily the leadership that I'm looking for. Um, You know, the, even like that whole concept of like being a salaried you know employee and clocking in and clocking out that aspect like that just I, I don't like that that irks me um because you have so many hours you know that you're not working you know in the office and if you're focused on hours in the seat the quality you know that you're going to get from the person Isn't the same as if you're focused on the goals, like if you're goal focused rather than, you know, hours in the seat focused. And you can tell that in the interview when you're speaking with them.
0: Yeah, there's a dangerous reality to the hours in the seat mentality, Um, because if you're like, hey, you have to be there from eight to five, then you stop scheduling meetings in the evening when a lot of your other people, the people you serve or the people you serve with because that's not an eight to five and you only have a certain bandwidth, you know, and I know that you're willing, every ministry leader is willing to go the extra mile, but sometimes going the extra mile is at the expense of family, yep. children or self. Yeah. And that's, that's a very dangerous road. God does not desire anyone to be unhealthy or in an unhealthy situation. And in fact, God does not desire mediocre ministry at any parish. No. And so if you're seeing it and you're like, Oh, I'm not going to do good at this parish. I'm going to probably not be able to, to thrive then God's going to call someone else to that community that will be able to thrive, you know, and that means you're called to a different community, decidedly called to a different community, and that's okay. Now, checking pulse on staff culture, because it's not just the pastor, not just your supervisor, but the staff culture as a whole. Matt, what are your thoughts on that?
1: You know, like as many of the staff members as you can meet, um, I think would help you kind of figure that out. Um, It it may be, you know, uh, simple questions of, you know, does the staff spend any time, you know, outside of the office together? Um, Are there any staff outings? You know, is there any team building? You know, are there things like that that are done to ensure cohesion, you know, on the staff? And those are real simple questions to ask that aren't, Um, attacking. They don't, they won't feel attacking and it it will, it will give you a pulse on whether or not the culture of the staff is important.
0: Yeah. There's also kind of the eye contact test as you're walking through kind of, Hey, I want to see the place, you know, and they kind of walk you through and they start introducing you to people. And Do they give you eye contact as you come in, especially like front office staff and things like that? Or are they kind of looking at you like a dead man walking? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, are you the next one? And then then the last one to kind of get a quick pulse on staff culture is check out the break room. Mm. And does it look like the break room is an area where people gather? or is it um is it a ghost town you know yeah. and and I know there's a people that uh, have to you know lunch meetings elsewhere and different things like that but but I've always found it valuable that uh anytime anyone receives food at our at our the parish I work at it goes right in the break room and every now and then when there's so much food that they send out an email you send out that email and then within 3 minutes Half the staff is in the break room, and they're just—and they really are—they're just enjoying each other's presence um, during that time. And so, you know, as as Catholics, we gather around a table every Sunday at Mass. Where's the table that they gather around, and yeah. uh, or, or is there one um, in in the office, in the break room, and things like that?
1: Uh, I mean, a lot of the things we've said. Well, uh, what we're just talking about with the staff culture—you um, have to be present, you know. So, what if you're doing a Skype interview? Like, how can you? How can you? Um, find out about the staff culture when you're not actually walking around the office. Well, I, and I think that goes, uh, kind of to the
0: salary conversation and things like that. Do they view ministry as an expense or do they view ministry as an investment? And if it's an investment after you succeed in the Skype interview, They should be willing to fly you out at their expense to go ahead and give you a tour of the parish and let you kind of experience the community. If you haven't sat through a mass at that parish, even if it's just a daily mass, then you probably haven't uh, looked deep enough into whether or not this parish is going to be a good fit for you.
1: Yeah. And if the parish will pick someone, you know, that, that won't cost them that extra amount of money. Then that's again. It's a good way to weed out that parish as far as is it a good place for me to work? Because I, the reason I say that is there is fear. You know, like if I'm if I'm too much trouble for them to hire, then they'll hire someone else. Um, and again, if if you're too much trouble for them to hire, that's great. Let them hire someone else.
0: Yeah, that's actually a gift to uh, to not receive the job offer because they wouldn't have supported you along the way or something something like that. So
1: yeah. Um, So you mentioned something earlier about prayer, and I wanted to touch on that because I think that's, you know, one of those non-negotiables, you know, with regards to, you know, working somewhere is one, you know, do they value prayer? Do they value your prayer? Will they allow you, like you said, to go to mass on the clock, you know, or and have personal prayer time on the clock? The other thing is, is does the staff pray together? Do they spend time together either on retreat, you know, once a year, at least, you know, do they spend time together once a week as a staff to do a Bible study um, or at least once a month, you know, is there, is there a prayer culture um, and what is it, you know, learning that I think is essential.
0: Yeah. Amen to that. And I think that uh, that culture presents itself in a number of different ways. And so If you are going into a place and you don't see some of that present, you know, a rosary out on someone's desk or, you know, um, even at the beginning of the interview or at the end of the interview, if for some reason they have not offered to open or close in prayer, you as the interviewee should offer that. You know, would someone like to close us in prayer or I would like to offer to close us in prayer? Um, And that's that's kind of an interview hack, in my opinion. If you offer to do that, um, chances are you're going to bump ahead of the next person in line who doesn't offer to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, And in another interview hack that I would just love to include, and I know we're talking about prayer, but is make sure that you educate them in some way during the interview, that you see the interview process, not just as a... Uh, a test or like, you know, a, a final, you know, exam or something like that, but also an opportunity for you to teach them something. So if you can walk away from the interview teaching them something about the field that they're hiring you in, something like that, even if it's just closed meetings with a prayer, um, yeah. th- that then you've added value to that moment and God's used you in that moment, which is a beautiful thing. So yeah.
1: and use the interview as a chance to advocate for whoever they hire. Um, whether it's you or the other person, you want them to to walk away knowing more about the field of youth ministry, knowing more about the position that they're hiring for, so that the person that comes in, whether it's you or someone else, has a better chance of success, you know, in that parish.
0: Amen. Amen. Now, if you're at a parish right now and you're like, wow, these all sound amazing. I wish I would have done this before I got hired here. (laughs) You know, if you're at that parish and you're wondering, what does this look like for me now? um, I would start with, if you could start in one spot, I would start with the prayer culture. Yes, absolutely. To go ahead and, uh, and, 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 you know, invite people to pray at three o'clock every day, to park Mm. your car by the chapel, So that when you get to work, you pop into the chapel for five minutes. When you leave work, you pop into the chapel for five minutes to make prayer a part of your regular day where you're praying for the leadership, your coworkers, and the community that you serve and invite others to pray with you as well. That's a powerful spot to
1: start. Matt, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I would say the same thing, you know, and like, hopefully, you know, the the other people on staff and you know, what's going, what they're going through in their life. And I hope, I mean, hopefully you have a relationship with Jesus that where you're confident enough to pray for other people and over other people. So when they're going through a big time in their life, which all of us do regularly, you know, something big is going on, you know, just stop and say, Hey, can I pray with you? And you are creating that prayer culture um, and, and praying over them, praying with them, um, a real simple thing that, you know, I mentioned this in the last time is Bible studies are not that hard. They're really, you know, um, approachable. Just start, like you said, in the break room, in the staff break room, start a Bible study. Say, Hey guys, you know, every Monday I want to, I, I'm going to sit down and talk to, uh, about the gospel or read the gospel. And I'd love for you guys to join me, you know, and once you get a few people, you know, going in and you get, you know, some, a decent, uh, a quorum of people, it, it may, it, it will change the culture of that parish.
0: Yeah. Amen to that. Uh, The next spot to start is not actually in the staff culture. So prayer culture is first. The next is actually with leadership. If you move to staff culture next and try and start changing the staff culture, leadership might see you as kind of creating a subculture that's not connected with the culture they're seeking to build. And so to go to the leadership and say, hey, I have this vision or I have this hurt or this hunger and or this hope for our staff that this can change or that this can change. And if we could just, at our weekly meetings, take a moment in silence or if we could just at this aspect, what are your thoughts? And you might actually strike a hunger that they've had for a while as well. Yeah. I would also always share it in the sense that it adds greater value and always make sure that it's not focused on your ministry. You know, as as the RCIA ministry leader, I, I want us to go ahead and go through the scrutinies as a staff. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. that sounds like it's just tooting your own horn, but instead, I want us to A, B, and C as a staff and uh, and offer your skill set. It's amazing to see how many different talents people have. And if you just open the door a little bit to that, like I play guitar, I don't know if you guys would want to start with a song, you know, at staff meeting, but that'd be a different way to pray or whatever it is. Um, And then that'll, that'll from the top down is the best way to go ahead and change staff culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes there's some fear in that too, because you don't want to offend your pastor, you know, and make them, I don't know, feel like an inferior leader, and so that's the whole idea of leading from the bottom, you know, and there are books on that, you know, on how to do that, how to suggest something without sounding accusatory. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that's a real fear, you know, when you're trying to offer your leader, you know, some feedback. Um, speaking of one of the things that I, I think we've almost done a disservice to in our podcasts up to this point is we're focusing so much on youth ministry <laughs> because that's our experience um, and on youth ministers. Well, what if it's a pastor? You know, what if it's the priest, you know, and they see these as needs? Um, How do they get started, Chris? Um, I, I think
0: they have to get started slowly. If they're new to the parish, they have to first earn the right to be heard. I think that's true of any employee, but uh, they have to earn the right to be heard and allow the community to receive them and fall in love with them. Because otherwise, there's going to be adversarial relationship from the get-go if they come in and they're like, well, we're changing this immediately, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's wisdom in that, you know. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's a fierce need for patience in that, too, and that's hard, yeah. you know. But. You know what else is hard? Change. Change is hard. So the entire community is going to struggle with that. But to own the fact that as pastor, God has given you the vision. You know, when we talk about avoiding the millstone, the millstone is fashioned first and foremost for leaders of parishes. And yeah. those are priests, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then beneath that, I'm sure everyone can pick up a millstone along the way, but the heaviest one, you know, the heaviest one is for the pastor. Yep. And, uh, and that's, that's scary and that's, that's a weight. Um, and so th- then to make incremental changes and to make changes through vision, start yeah. with, start with the why, yep. then move to the what and the how yeah. and, uh, and, and let them see that you are a man of God first and foremost. Um, and you're going to find that sometimes those changes mean having to transition staff members. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I would love to be able to consistently know that if someone doesn't fit the vision, they're gone. And that's, that's the pastor's role, you know. Yeah. Um, or even better, if someone doesn't fit the vision, that they can be coached into the vision, and we've created a staff culture to where, oh, we're going to go ahead and be teachable, be trainable, and be together.
1: Yeah, yeah, amen. I love it. Anything else before we close? Because we're almost at the end. Oh, yes, absolutely.
0: I would say, just in regards to your challenge this week, I would want you guys to go ahead and pray for the leadership of your parish. Um, I also want you guys to reflect, if you... Had your job description on on a on a wall in front of you, would you apply for your position right now? Mm-hmm. Where you're at in your life, would you apply for your position, or do you feel maybe God's calling you to a different position or a different role or something like that in the church? Sometimes we need to self assess, yeah. and uh, and that's a healthy a healthy spot to, to to start at. You know, is look at where you're at, and uh, I'm not saying go on to the the job boards and look at different things. Oh, maybe that one has more money, or maybe that one has a you know a friendlier pastor or you know what maybe they'll let me sing they will never let me sing but maybe you know (laughs) but uh things like that and uh yeah check check that out would you interview for your own position so that's it for now
1: the last thing that i you know would would want to say is like (laughs) especially in times of desolation you know the grass can always look greener on the other side of the fence you know um, and if there if you are looking out before, like trying to like maybe affect change you know where you are, um, it, it would might be good, like you said, to take a look and see what you might be able to change that would make things better where you currently are rather than, you know, just moving at the first sign of trouble.
0: Amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Prayer. That's the first place to look at. And yeah. then, yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today at Ministry Leaders Anonymous y'all. Um if you like what you heard, go ahead and write a review on iTunes and share this with another ministry leader and subscribe to the podcast.
1: And if you're interested in supporting us, you can do so on patreon.com/mla podcast. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. And if you want to stumble over your words, have fun with it. <laughs> All right. So take some time this weekend uh, and pray for each other. Lift each other up. And we'll check you next week. God bless you. Bye. 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 Bye.